Hello and welcome to A Story at Midnight. The tale you're about to hear is called Road Trip. It was written by Charlie Dean and is narrated by Julie Stark. Do enjoy and sleep well. Stop the car! I've changed my mind. Leroy put his foot down sharply, and the smell of burning rubber mingled with his sweat. She saw the white of his knuckles as his hands gripped the steering wheel. It's too late now. We can't go back. Well, let me out and I'll walk. She rattled the door catch and swung her long, tanned legs out of the half-open door. You're crazy, Carl. Think about the money. The police could be on our tail right now. Get back in the car. They sat, staring at the road ahead and the Blue Ridge Mountains spanning the horizon. Carl's hand slipped inside her bag and she felt the rough roll of banknotes, spongy in her fist. She twisted her wrist so he could see the time. It's only 7.30. They're probably still in bed. If we turn round now, we could put the money back into the drawer before they even... Slow down. Just take some time to think. He drove the car along a few more miles, then suddenly veered off onto a dirt track, leading to a hamlet. It was no more than a desolate arrangement of shacks piled along the roadside. Carl thought it looked abandoned, but no. A handwritten sign propped in a window, read, Drinks. The woman who opened the door could have been any age. Her skin pitted with ingrained roadside dust. Her greasy overall tied with a knotted rope. She poured Leroy a scotch, then shuffled over to the stove to fill the coffee pot. The walls inside the shack were no more than rough-hewn logs. The shelves on each side of the stove were piled with jars of dried provisions, beans, lentils, and preserves. The floor was bare boards, scattered with rag rugs. The air was thick with the smell of burnt grits. Carl sat on the edge of a hard chair, careful not to snag her tights, and began filing her nails. In her mind's eye, she saw her bedroom. Pink gingham curtains and throw. The pedal-edged clock that Pop had carved for her. And the chest lined with childhood toys. A threadbare rabbit. Picture books. And a doll that shut its eyes and wet itself. She had placed the letter on the mantel. And now imagine Ma opening it. Crying. Calling Pa. Of course. They had never liked Leroy and he knew it. A given time. The woman went to throw the coffee dregs out the door. Well? Leroy swung round to face Carl. Well, what? Have you made up your mind? Carl twisted the ends of her hair and avoided his gaze. I gotta go back. Things will work out. It's for the best. You promised. You said I changed my mind. It doesn't alter what I feel for you. 
but did it? She took a long, hard look at him. His stubbled skin and musky smell. His troubled eyes. He was handsome, yes, and when he pressed her close, hard to resist. But he didn't like her friends or folks, wanted to prize her from her shell. It was his idea to steal the cash. Leroy glowered at her. He could look real angry when he didn't get his way. She lifted her bag and stood up. I need to use the bathroom. The woman gestured toward the back of the shack. Outside in the yard. A single thorn bush grew, up against a shattered fence. A chill wind was blowing, and Carl wrapped her arms around herself, shivering as she walked across the stony ground to the far end of the yard. She could smell the lean-to as she approached, a mixture of skunk oil and stale egg. She pushed open the door to reveal a hole in the ground. Flies buzzed round the smeared pit. How could people live like this, in what was meant to be the richest country in the world? She lifted the flap of her handbag and squirted her perfume spray into the air, then prepared to squat. When Carl got back to the shack, she could hear voices that stopped when she approached. The woman had poured her fresh coffee, which she sipped, looking at her watch. She noticed Leroy's glass had been refilled, and there were new logs on the fire. Carl leant back, feeling suddenly relaxed. She had woken early, before dawn, so they could make their getaway. Now, the wood smoke and the heavy ticking of a clock lulled her into a state somewhere between sleeping and wakefulness. She thought of Mom and Pa, imagining the relief on their faces when she returned. A stream of coffee dribbled from her lips, and she tried to lift her arm, which was hanging by her side as though weighted by lead. Her tongue felt swollen and twisted in her mouth. She tried to speak to Leroy, who had moved his chair and was sitting by her side, his hand resting on her arm. From beside the stove, the woman was watching her. Carl saw that Leroy's cheeks were flushed and his eyes bright. She felt a tight pain wrench her gut. She wanted water, but her mouth felt as though it was stuffed with candy floss. Her bag had fallen to the floor. The roll of notes spilled out at its side. The air was dense. It seemed as though the room had filled with smoke. Carl tried to scream, but no sound came. The light was fading, and suddenly went out. A siren wailed and passed the shack, deafening at first, then gradually fading. Leroy looked out of the door at the road, empty now, stretching out into the distance. Then he lit a cigarette. Let's clear up this mess. They worked together for a while. Then the woman handed him a spade. Leroy walked into the yard, relieved himself into the pit, and began to dig. Pushing her bangs back from her eyes, Careful not to snag her pantyhose, 
She wanted water, but her mouth felt as though it was stuffed with cotton candy. Edited by Sue Rodwell-Smith, A Story at Midnight was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntingdon, Cambridgeshire.